Let me tell you two stories that happened to me that gave me insight into lesson 17, the journey to becoming unimportant. The first story is about an individual who worked at Corp for many years. I'm going to call him Tsepo. Tsepo was good at what he did, and as we started to grow, he grew with the business. And there was a point in time where I could see that he was battling in his role. There was just too much to do. In a discussion with him, we decided to bring in an employee, his first employee, and he was actually quite excited about that and started to give that employee a few things to do. But every time I walked past Tsepo and uh, his employee, I could see that the employee was really not well utilized. So I approached Tsepo and said, you need to give this person more work to do. You need to delegate more stuff to this person to do to, to free you up. In spite of having somebody to delegate to, I could see that Seppo was still battling with all the work that he had to do and was still working late and being late on deadlines. Every time I spoke to this employee, he actually was asking for more work. He realized that he wasn't being fully utilized and was actually pleading for more work. He was also afraid that we would think that he wasn't being effective and therefore he might lose his job. Due to the fact that Seppo kept missing deadlines, and due to the fact that Seppo seemed so, so busy, I made a very, very bad mistake. I interpreted that, that in fact Seppo needed another employee. So what did I do? I employed another person with Seppo to do other stuff for Seppo. Even though I understood that the first employee was underutilized. My interpretation as to why Tsepo was so busy was that that first employee could not do all the things that Tsepo still needed to do and other skills were required. So I made the very stupid mistake of employing a second person to work for Tsepo with different skills that could, if delegated to, take care of all the other things that Seppo was battling to get out on time, on budget, and on promise. So now I have a department with Seppo and two employees. And you can guess the outcome. The second employee was also begging for more work. And yes, you know what's happening. I know what's happening. There was no delegation. Cup continues to grow. Seppo is working later and later. One of those employees gets frustrated and leaves. Third mistake, we replace that employee with another employee who is also getting frustrated because she is not being delegated to. Racecorp continues to grow. Seppo keeps missing deadlines. Racecorp starts to suffer. And now the conversation is, Seppo is in the way of Racecorp's growth. Seppo then goes into performance management Quite predictably and unfortunately he does not remedy and Seppo loses his job. About a year after that incident I met with Seppo for a coffee to catch up on what was happening in his life and plucked up the courage to ask him why, given all the resources that I had given to him, did he not then 
delegate to those two people in his department. And what he said was that he realized his mistake only after he had lost his job. But actually, ironically, the reason he wasn't delegating was because he thought that if he delegates to these two individuals, that his role would become redundant and he would lose his job. I'll come back to that a bit later. Could you see some version of yourself in the story of Tsepo? Perhaps this is you right now. Perhaps it's a past iteration of yourself. Or perhaps you are alone and watching this unfold in your growing business. This series is all about learning from the successes and failures that Alon Reyes, CEO of Racecorp, has experienced over the last 20 years. This discussion goes to the heart of scale, your ability to become unimportant in your business. I'm Gareth Armstrong, and this is a Razor's Edge podcast. The second story is actually an older story. It's a story of when I was the marketing director of a vehicle security company. I was in my late 20s, and I had a similar problem to Tsepo. Not the same one, but a similar one. At any point in the day, there would be two to three people queuing outside my office, waiting for me to sign something off, to make a decision, to make a judgment call. I was at the center of every single decision in this business. And what struck me one day was that a 46-year-old man, an engineer, had been waiting outside my office for me to sign off some specialized screws and bolts. The total value of those screws and bolts was less than 50 rand. And a grown man, an engineer, had to wait for half an hour outside my office for me to sign off the invoice so that he could then proceed with whatever he had to do. What a waste of time. What a waste of resources. The second story is about delegation of authority. The first story is about delegation of work. The second story, the story about the engineer waiting for a sign-off for less than 50 rand by me, the 28-year-old entrepreneur, was actually the beginning of my journey towards becoming unimportant. As I sat there signing off the invoice, and then to add insult to injury, asking him why we needed these particular bolts and screws, I saw the absurdity of that moment. I saw the absolute waste of time and resource. And in that moment, I projected myself into the future where that queue wouldn't be two, three deep, but might be 20, 30 deep. And all I would be doing all day was asking people why they were doing this, why they were doing that, and making decisions every five minutes, sapping the organization of the ability to make decisions by itself. How can you scale a business when you are the center of every single decision and every single sign-off? Are you perhaps the 28-year-old me at the moment, holding on to everything, afraid of losing control, afraid of bad decisions in your organization? If you walk into my office today on a very, very scruffy piece of paper, you will see the words, 
how am I standing in the way of Rayscorp today? That's the question you should be asking yourself. How are you standing in the way of your business? When the systems in my business were forcing a 46-year-old engineer to wait half an hour for a less than 50 rand decision, I was standing in the way of that business's growth. When Seppo was not delegating to the two very competent staff that had been supplied to him, he was standing in the way of Rayscorp. I know what you're experiencing right now. You've had that aha moment, but there's that other part of you, that part that includes your desire to offer a superior service or product to your clients that is saying, I can't let go. They don't know what I know, or they can't do what I can do at the speed that I'm able to do it. We're going to lose our clients if I'm not involved. All of these fears may very well turn out to be true. However, it won't be because you delegated but rather because you opted to abdicate instead of delegating. What's the difference? Let's let Alon guide us. Now we have to bring in the concept of delegation and abdication again. I've spoken about this many times before in the various series we've produced, but I just want to highlight the difference between the two right now. Delegation is the process of finding a competent individual or individuals to allocate work to in a process where you not only explain why the work is done, but very definitively how the work is done, how it will be measured. And you take that individual through a process where you do that in front of them and they observe you. They then do the work with you observing them. You monitor their standards. And once the standards have been achieved many, many times, you then stop monitoring as often and then find a monitoring interval that is suitable for that particular item that you've delegated. Abdication is finding a person, not necessarily one that is competent to do the job and then handing over the whole job to them with very weak or no explanation, no monitoring and no process to understand whether they are able to do the job into the future or not. The most likely outcome of abdication is failure. As you know from listening to my various series, I have made the terrible mistake of abdicating on my entrepreneurial journey. It almost killed us. I will never do that again. If you want more detail on the difference between abdication and delegation, We've got a whole podcast dedicated to the subject. Go look through our series and you will find it there and spend time listening to that particular podcast. But for now, I want to move on to the different types of delegation. Delegation of work and delegation of authority. In the first story with Seppo, Seppo was not delegating work. In the second story with me, and the 46-year-old engineer, I was not delegating authority. For you to scale your business, you need to be able to do both, but more importantly, you have to create a culture where your managers are also doing the same and the people below them are also doing the same. There needs to be a culture 
of responsible delegation of work and responsible delegation of authority. Did you hear those very specific words? For you to be able to scale your business, you need to be able to do both and create a culture in your business where your managers are doing the same and the people below them are also doing the same. Alon has helped grow and scale hundreds of businesses through Racecorp, all the while growing and scaling Racecorp. So if there's a voice we ought to be listening to, it's his. The mental construct that you need to adopt in order to be successful in both these types of delegation is the question that you have to ask yourself, how do I become unimportant in my own organization? And if you think about that question, it's putting yourself in Seppo's shoes because Seppo was holding on because he wanted to remain relevant and important so that he wouldn't become redundant. The opposite was true. As the organization grew, he became an obstacle. In the second story, you can see that I became far too important and central as a director in that vehicle security business. And as a result, I was the impediment. I was the handbrake for growth. And the question you have to ask yourself once again is, are you the handbrake for growth in your business because you are too central and too important in the organization. Alan has called it a mental model, which for me translates into a deliberate and structured way of thinking that influences my actions and behavior that I train myself into. In our case, it's as simple as asking a question. However, from what Alan shares next, we can see that it may be a simple question, but it definitely requires careful and thorough thinking and even more careful execution. So what I've done for many, many years in trying to understand where I am the break in the business and also being very conscious of the fact that I still need to remain responsible in how I do this is I would take an extra week out of work every single December, January holiday and see what broke or what stopped without me. And as I came back to work in January, that was the first thing I focused on in order to make sure that that process, that decision, didn't rely on me. Slowly, deliberately, over many, many years, I become less and less important in Rescorp. Right now, there are only two areas where I'm important, where if I don't do those things, the business cannot move forward. Just 10 years ago, that number was probably 500 things that I had to make decisions on or I had to do. I was too central. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm a three-person operation or I'm a one-man band. You know, I don't have the luxury of doing this. And you would be right. At that stage, you are doing everything. You are making all the decisions. But this is not about that stage because you're still not in the way of your business growth. This is about making sure that as your business grows and you get the fourth person and the fifth person and the tenth person in your organization, that you are very deliberately removing delegation of authority out of you into certain managers and you are very deliberately removing delegation of work to other people in a properly delegated manner. What a fantastic test. 
staying away and seeing what breaks. And then not stepping in to fix it, but instead working out how to make sure it doesn't break again when you are not around. This is it, the essence of becoming unimportant. Here's a final word from Elon, where he reveals more of his real-world approach. As we speak, I'm in the process of removing one of those two areas. And to be quite open with you, that's around pricing. Pricing is such a sensitive part of a business. It can make or break a business. And the question I've been wrestling with over the last two, three years in trying to work out how I delegate this in a responsible way where I don't damage the business. I've had to document and create formulae on all the different ways that I think about pricing in a very complex business such as Racecorp and allow that to be simplified for a, another person to be able to price in the way that I do. And so I have built pricing models, processes to manage exceptions for pricing. And now I have found an individual who I'm training and I'm now responsibly delegating to. And I have to highlight with controls. I've got controls in there. But at the end of the day, if a big deal comes in that needs to be priced and I'm on holiday, the aim is that within a year, I will not be the person required to make that pricing decision. The process, the system, and that individual will be able to do it. And they will have, most importantly, the authority to do so. Head over to racecorp.com where you'll find similar resources to this one and also the opportunity to sign up for notifications to stay updated on new releases. In addition to this, follow Racecorp on your favorite social media platforms where you'll find additional updates about this podcast series and others we are producing. My name is Gareth Armstrong and I'll see you in the next lesson.